Good evening, Lake Church. Lovely to see you guys this evening. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I want to send a special welcome to everybody that's joining us online. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, we consider it a blessing that you would tune in, and uh, we know that you'll be blessed by what's going to come forth tonight. And so thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we want to start with uh, some announcements really quickly. First of all, here in the foyer, you've probably noticed the angel tree that's out there. And so what we're doing is each of those cards, if you'll take one, uh, and read what's on there, take that card and you can drop what's on that card. You can mark your offering. And when you give your offering, just mark that that's what it's designated for. But we're raising money. We want to be able to bless the pastors in the Dominican Republic and also in Pakistan and India. And so uh, that's what that money is going for. And so pray over that with your family and consider what the Lord would have you give in that area. And so you just take that card, mark it. And uh, drop it in the envelope in the offering. All right. So next, we are having a special year-end offering. We do this every year. And we want to invite you guys to be a part of this yearly um, faith offering to the Lord. You should have gotten a card uh, that gives the details on what we're doing. But basically, there's the three M's we want to support. Missions, that's the vision of the house. Missions, margin, and maintenance are the three M's that that special offering is going to go toward. So we support missions around the world. We want to be able to give and further bless what they're doing and further the kingdom of work, uh, the kingdom work that's being done by them around the world. Also, we want to send missionaries. Amen. We've got mission teams that leave from here. We want to be able to send them in the most efficient way possible. So uh, missions. Also, we want to create margin. Amen. The Lord has called us to be good stewards of what he gives us. And so that involves having margin between operating costs. And, you know, we don't want to be caught behind the eight ball. Isn't that right? We want to always have margin between what we have on hand and what we need in order to operate. So we want to create margin going into the next year with that cushion, that margin, amen, and then also maintenance. It costs money to upkeep these beautiful facilities that the Lord has made possible that we can worship and do his work in. And then also, I mean, we're always upgrading. We're always adding to the backgrounds and we're always upgrading uh, technology and uh, just facilities and things like that because we want to remain cutting edge. Isn't that right? Not so we can just be pat, our, you know, break our arms, patting ourselves on the back, but so that people can have the best, most comfortable experience when they come in to uh, be a part of the body of Christ. Isn't that right? So that will be, um, we're going to have a special uh, time on Christmas morning. We're going to have service on Christmas morning. And so we were, are going to collect those on Christmas morning, uh, candlelight communion service on Christmas morning. But if you're not planning on being here or if you're going to be out of town, or if you're watching online, you can still give any time and still give toward that. But uh, So we want to make that available to you. And so last but not least, church bulletin, if you are... If I keep finding yourself going, I don't know, what's going, what, when was it, when was that, I heard about it, when is it, I, church bulletin, we make it easy for you to know what's happening in Lake Church, so we put that on the church app, it's the church center app is the name of the app, sometimes that's confusing, but the app is not Lake Church, the app is church center, so once you download that app, then you can search for Lake Church and it's in it. Uh, the app that way. So the bulletin is in there. You can give that way through the app. There's also all the archived messages. I mean, it's really a pretty cool app. 
And uh, so you make sure to check that out. Instructions on how to access that app and operate it are in the seat backs in front of you. And so that is a beautiful segue into our time of uh, tithes and offerings. Isn't that right? Amen. So you guys excited about giving into the Lord? I know that you are. I know that you are. So uh, we want to make you aware of the ways that there are to give here at Lake Church. And if you're watching online and you say, you know what, I want to be a part of what's happening there. I want to be able to sow uh, seed in faith into what God's doing through Lake Church. And so we want to make sure that you're aware of all those ways to give. First of all, if you want to give by cash or check, you're here with us tonight. Uh, and there's our, there are envelopes in the seat backs in front of you. You can give that way. Uh, mark your envelope if you've got a special offering or like the angel tree or something like that. Make sure that we've got your information. And uh, the bucket will be in the back with Jerry back there. And so he'll be glad to receive that from you. Uh, we also have text to give. So that number should be on the screen shortly. You just text the word give to that number. And uh, if you haven't signed up that way, it's really easy to sign up and get registered that way. The instructions, again, for that as well are in the seat back in front of you. And then again, as I mentioned before, the Church Center app. Amen. So if you're watching online and you say, man, I, I really would like to be a part of that, then you can go to our website, lake-church.com, and there's a giving tab, and you can give safely and securely that way. You know, in a world where a lot of people are taking advantage of putting information out online, sometimes people are a little hesitant, but I guarantee you, I promise you that it's safe and it's secure, and uh, the Lord will bless you. Amen. So that being said, we're going to take up the offering. First of all, I just want to remind everybody that you know, I am blessed by being a part of this church because we don't have to just beg to give and we don't have to do a lot of teaching to give. You're, it's, it's just a giving church and it's obvious to see that by when you look around and see everything that we're able to do. Those, are, those things are a result of faith partners, amen, that are sowing into this ministry, sowing seed by faith into the kingdom of God, and we can see it multiply. We can see the fruit, amen? There's a lot of people that are promoting self, right? There's a lot of people that may or may not be nefarious with what you're given, and there's a lot of distrust in the world because the world system brings distrust, and you're, you know, we tend to be a little hesitant <clears throat> to sow into man's uh, programs and things because we can't completely trust that they're going to use the money <clears throat> for what we've designated it to go toward. But you can see by the fruit when you look around and you come to Lake Church and the services that are offered, the, the facilities that we enjoy, the technology that we're able to employ, all of the ministries that come forth from this house, not just sending them out, but effective fully supplied, amen, fully equipped with what they need to complete their mission. It's obvious that what's being given is being put to use in kingdom purposes. Isn't that right? So in agreement with that, we're going to plug into God's economic system. We're going to continue to give. We're going to continue to not only uh, give because it blesses us, but praise God, because of the ministries in this house, those blessings go around the world. Amen. We broadcast to over 90 nations around the world. We have uh, pastors all around the world that, um, are, that we're blessing as far as their congregations, as far as their facilities, <clears throat> what they're able to do, how they're able to minister, but also to those pastors and their families personally. Amen. Because the word says that when you give unto the Lord, then it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. So those pastors live by faith, knowing that God's word says that. And we are in answer to prayer 
for those pastors and their families. Amen. And so all of their volunteer staff and all the ministries that uh, are around the world. Amen. So let's take our offerings in our hand. And if you're, uh, even if you're not giving physically, we're going to raise it anyway, just symbolically. We'll pray over it tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to sow seed into your kingdom. And Father, right now we're not just giving, but we're sowing in faith, Father. We know that it may be shaped like money when we put it in the bucket, but praise God, the result is fruit. Lives changed, needs met, blessings going forth and poured out upon uh, everybody that is affected by this house around the world and all the ministers that uh, that are looking to us to help them in what they're doing. Amen. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We sow in faith, and we speak blessing over the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. So, remember, on your way out today, you can put that in the bucket as you leave. And so I just want to remind everybody really quickly before we have Pastor Kevin come up and minister tonight, uh, make sure that you put your devices on silent. A lot of times we forget to do that. So make sure you do that real quick if you hadn't done that already. And so that being said, one, you know, do us a favor and check in on Facebook. Amen. A lot of you are on Facebook anyway while I'm talking, so you might as well. I'm teasing you. Just check in on Facebook. Let us let people know where you are. It helps raise an awareness of uh, what's going on here at Lake Church, and then uh, share the link. Amen. So uh, if we'll ask you to do that. So with that being said. Pastor Kevin Varnell. Right. Good evening, Lake Church. I know Pastor Bob was on Facebook a minute ago. Oh, I guess I was on there too, if I knew. (laughs) We were checking the live stream, okay? (laughs) It's working. No, Pastor Bob's communicating with people that are watching us by Facebook. And anyway, I appreciate what Jesse had to say tonight. How about you? It's good to be reminded that what we do here has uh, eternal implications. That whatever we do or sow into in the kingdom of God, you know, you're actually able to affect eternity. You know, what other opportunities are there in the world? There's none. You know, you can give and give and give, and you can build something that may not even last to the next generation. But uh, we are a part of something that is going to affect uh, lives eternally and bear fruit eternally. And what's awesome about that is that, uh, you know, just by something as simple as giving, you know, of natural resources and faith, you know, One of these days, Jesus is going to reward us eternally for that as well. You know, to give into the life of a pastor overseas who is able to go out, reach somebody with the gospel, get them to be uh, transformed and and transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they go out and they get a bunch of people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We're a part of all of that. That's an amazing opportunity. You talk about exponentially just seeing a multiplication of blessings that comes from that. And things that we won't even be aware of until the age to come. That's just awesome to think about. Well, we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, both Sundays and Wednesdays, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. And uh, Sundays, we've really been focusing more on 
Jesus' message and ministry, his mission that all had to do with the kingdom of heaven. Um, And when I say that, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven, and there's a difference. Heaven is a place. It's the place where God is enthroned. It's It's in the unseen realm. It's a spiritual place. But when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, he talked about heaven's influence on earth. That was the emphasis of his message. It wasn't about us going to heaven. It was about heaven impacting earth. And if you go through and you study Jesus' ministry and his message, he rarely talked about, you know, he really didn't talk about going to heaven. He talked about heaven coming to earth. Remember when his disciples said, teach us to pray? What did he say? He said, your kingdom come. He didn't say we go to your kingdom. He said, your kingdom come. Your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven, you know, Jesus' message was all about the influence of heaven impacting the earth realm. And God's will being done here even as it is in heaven. As this Sunday, how often, what percentage of the time do you think God's will is done in heaven? 100%. So see, his desire is that the will of the Father begin to permeate our lives until it begins to impact not only our life, but our families, our churches, our communities, that it just begin to expand. And so on Wednesday nights, we've been talking more about kingdom culture. These messages are really geared for Uh, the person who's already a citizen of heaven to understand the lifestyle, the behaviors, and the social norms of people who are already a part of the kingdom. You know, um, and that culture, that's talking about culture. That's what culture is. It's the lifestyle of someone. And you're able to recognize where they're from by their culture. We see that even on the earth, people from different cultures. You can recognize where they're from just by their lifestyle. And that's what God intended from the very beginning for mankind is that we would be a culture of people that we, or we would be a people who live out the culture of heaven on the earth. And when, when you uh, experience another culture, you can experience that place without even going there. That's what God intended. See, he didn't want to rule and reign over earth directly, but indirectly through sons and daughters made in his image and his likeness who are manifesting his kingdom on the earth to where not only was his kingdom reign uh, established in the heavenly realm, but on the earth earth as well. And so that, that is Jesus' desire is that we manifest the culture of heaven on the earth So when people come into contact with us, they can experience heaven without going there. Okay? (laughs) So we've been talking about that. Um, Last week, I actually shared with you the verse out of Philippians 3.20. And you're familiar with it, I'm, I'm sure. But where Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. 
That means that when you're born again, you're born from above is actually what that means. Born again in the Greek means born from above, born of heaven or born of God. And when that happens, you actually become a citizen of heaven. So if you're born again tonight, your citizenship is not the United States. It's not earth. It's heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And I love the way the Passion Translation translates that. It actually says, but we are a colony of heaven on earth. And I talked about, I'm not going to get sidetracked with that tonight because I could real easy. But I talked about colonies last week. And how that when a nation claims another territory, that's actually known as a colony. And what they want is they want to establish their culture and lifestyle in that place so that it's exactly like the home country. That's that's what God did when he created earth. That was his big idea. That he would extend his heavenly kingdom, his heavenly spiritual kingdom from the unseen realm to the seen realm. And here's the awesome thing is after he created earth, he created you. (laughs) Your purpose is to manifest heaven on the earth. And so Adam never lost heaven. What he lost was the kingdom of heaven. Adam never had a promise to go to heaven. Adam wasn't created in heaven. Adam was created on earth. If Adam had never fallen in the garden... We would still, uh, we would never have been sidetracked <laughs> from God's original purpose. But God never changed his purpose. Even though our position changed, his purpose never changed. And that's why we have the whole redemptive plan of Jesus coming, bearing our sin to redeem us and reconcile us back to the Father so that he could put the Holy Spirit back on the inside of us and we could begin to manifest the culture of heaven again in our lives here on the earth. Amen. So that's what we talked about last week. Now, um, I'm kind of going to mix a little bit uh, in with uh, Sunday just to kind of touch on some things. But, um, you know, I mentioned last week that when you look in the New Testament, some people get confused because Jesus, if you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... It's kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven all the time. But when you get into the epistles, you don't see that very much. You'll see the kingdom of God here and there, you know, just not a lot of verses on that. And the reason why is because the epistles or the letters of the New Testament are written to people who are already citizens. (laughs) So the letters of Paul, the epistles that are written to the churches, those are teaching us the lifestyle the culture of heaven. They're teaching us the, the revelation of the new creation, who we are in Christ. It's teaching us our new identity. It's teaching us how to manifest heaven even here on the earth. We've already received the message of the good news of the kingdom of God. So what we need is we need to understand how to function as new creation so that we can manifest the culture of the kingdom of heaven here on earth so that we can not only have a ticket to heaven, but that we can have the impact of heaven through our lives and uh, influence in the lives of other people, influencing our homes. Our homes should be a touchstone of heaven. There should be a foretaste of the culture of heaven in our homes, even here on the earth. Our churches should definitely be a place where people can come and experience the kingdom of heaven without having to leave here and die and go there. 
Our communities should be affected by the reality. You know, Jesus' message was, change your thinking for the kingdom of heaven is here. Man, we need to wake up. The kingdom of heaven is now a present reality here on the earth for anyone. In fact, what he said is it's at hand. That means it's accessible if you know how to access it, <laughs> if you know how to access it. And so um, Sunday I was talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the key to the kingdom of heaven on earth. The reason that we can say the kingdom of heaven is here The reason Jesus could say it was because he had the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when Adam lost the kingdom of heaven, he had the spirit at one time. But when he fell in the garden, the Holy Spirit left him and went back to heaven. Does that make sense? Everybody understand that? Remember in uh, Genesis 2 where it says God formed man of the dust of the earth and he breathed into him. The breath of lives. Well, he wasn't breathing into Adam oxygen. He was breathing into Adam his spirit. And Adam became a living soul. Okay? So when Adam sinned, the Holy Spirit was recalled back to heaven. And that's why in this first verse I want us to look at tonight, in John chapter 20, after Jesus had died, been buried, rose again, And he appeared to his disciples uh, in the upper room. He says this. He says, it says, Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was there. Uh, imparting the Holy Spirit within back to mankind when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, the word that we, the word receive, the way we use it in English is just to take to yourself. But if you look at this word, R-E is the prefix. The word sieve means to take, but in English, we don't use that word as a verb. So really, what, is the, what does the prefix re mean? It means again, yeah. So actually what he's saying is take to yourself again. Oh, come on now. Take to yourself again the Holy Spirit of God. What you had lost was not heaven, it was the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is, this is what I was teaching Sunday, where the Holy Spirit is, the kingdom of heaven is. So when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the reason he said that is because the Holy Spirit was in him. And then in Luke chapter 17, I think I got that here, yeah. He says this. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So when you believed on Jesus and you confessed Jesus as Lord and the Holy Spirit came on the inside of you, you received the kingdom of God. And you just received the potential to manifest 
the kingdom of heaven on earth in and through your life. Man, I tell you what, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing because I'm not waiting on God to send heaven down. You know, we, we, we sing songs like that. We say things like that, like heaven's coming down. No, heaven's coming out. <laughs> heaven's coming out. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven's within me. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And it's, it's, it, we have the authority to release it or not. Oh, man, that's what we got to get. But for so long, we haven't understood. You know, we've, uh, we've thought that Christianity was, was about trying to get to a place. But really, uh, the mission of Jesus was get the place in you. To get the power, the influence of heaven on the inside of you so that you could then re- release it into the earth realm. Because when God gave dominion to Adam, he limited his ability to exercise dominion on earth by his own word. You know, a lot of people have this idea that everything that happens is God's will. And that's not true because God gave dominion to man. And when he did, you know, people will use the sovereignty of God. Well, God's sovereign. So everything that happens is something that he either wills or allows. And that's not true. Because, yeah, he gave dominion to man. And listen, if he could just, if if everything that happened was his will, then he would make you do a lot of things you're not doing. (laughs) I'm going to go over to this side. They looked like they didn't like that. (laughs) No, but he works through us, with us. He didn't work for us. (laughs) Oh, man. So let's look at another verse. This is in Ezekiel chapter 36. I'm just kind of taking my time here. Um, Ezekiel 36, he kind of prophetically talks about uh, us receiving the Holy Spirit on the inside, because I'm talking about the Spirit within you. I'm going to talk about the purpose of that. There's actually two uh, occurrences of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. One's within and one's upon, and they have totally different uh, purposes. So right now we're talking about this in Ezekiel 36:26. It says, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. Man, praise the Lord. i tell you what. So thankful for that. You know, I had a heart that was wayward. I had a spirit that was deceived and and in rebellion to God. But he gave me a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. In other words, that hard heart that was rebellious to God, that didn't want anything to do with God. He took that out and he put a heart in us that could be touched and molded. By God, that would be sensitive to God, to his will and to his ways. He says this, I love this. I will put my spirit within you. In the verse before, he just said, I'm going to give you a new spirit. But here he he says, I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. See the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to cultivate the lifestyle of heaven in the believer. That's what he's talking about when he says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and you'll keep my judgments. He's saying, I'm going to put the spirit my spirit on the inside of you and he's going to begin to cultivate the culture of heaven in your life he's not only going to give you the desire this is what i like to say it the new heart is the desire to live for god the new spirit is the ability to live for god oh man (laughs) that's what he does that's what he did for us in the new birth he gave us a new heart and his spirit and it gives us not only the desire, because listen, if you've been born again, you want to live for God. You may not be doing a great job of it right at the beginning, you know, because we start as a babe in Christ and you have to begin to mature and grow. And you know how it is in the maturing process. You know, there's some, <laughs> yeah, I see people doing like this. Um, you know, there's steps and stages. In fact, Jesus talked about babes, young men, and then grown men. He talked about adults. So he talked about three stages. He always talked about the manifestation of the kingdom in the lives of people in stages of growth. But here's the thing is that we have the potential to manifest the nature and character of the king. Mm. Hallelujah. Man, I needed that. (laughs) Because I tried to do it on my own for a while, you know, I mean, uh, for a long while. And uh, that's like hitting your head up against the wall over and over again, you know. Um, But here's the thing. God gives us a new heart and a new spirit so that we can begin to walk in the statutes and in the judgments of God. We can begin to, another way to say that is we can begin to live out the lifestyle and the culture of heaven here on the earth. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I'll tell you what, when I got saved, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't bow my knee to King Jesus necessarily because I wanted to go to heaven. I felt like I was living in hell on earth. And I actually cried out for Jesus to deliver me from myself, (laughs) to deliver me from sin, to deliver me from Satan, to deliver me from addiction, to deliver me uh, from disorders and all that stuff that was just causing havoc in my life, you know, and going to heaven, man, hallelujah. But what I found out is heaven invaded my life. (laughs) heaven invaded my life and he gave me a new heart with new desires and i i began to walk in a different direction and that was 20 years ago almost 20 years ago now and uh the lord is faithful yes you know and the holy spirit gives us the ability to begin to manifest and he transforms us here's the thing that i wanted to say um, <clears throat> the culture of the heaven of heaven is the character of the king. Let's say that again. I'm trying to take my time because I'm talking about some stuff that I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying. The culture of God's heavenly kingdom is the character and the nature of the king. See, what we don't understand, we live in the United States, so we live in a democratic republic. And um, the the culture and the the character, let me say it like this, the character of our nation is really affected by the will of the people. 
But in a kingdom, the will of the people has nothing to do with the character of the nation. Oh, man. That's the problem. We don't understand, you know, what we're a part of because we don't understand what a kingdom is. In a kingdom, you have a sovereign. And every rule and every decree and every law and all the culture is set by the king, by his will. The culture is impacted by the will of the king. He decrees the way he wants his kingdom to function, the way he wants it to operate, what he wants it to look like. And citizens who submit to the will of the king experience all of the benefits of the kingdom. See, the the character of the kingdom is a manifestation of the character of the king. You think about when God created his kingdom, you know, he made it all out of nothing. It all came from within him. It's a reflection. It's a manifestation of him, his nature, his character. That's why when he wanted to create earth and make us a colony of heaven, he created us in his image and in his likeness and put his spirit on the inside of us so that he could replicate his nature and character in his people. Does that make sense? Am I saying that clearly? So that we would have the ability. We were custom designed for the culture of heaven. (laughs) We were custom designed for the culture of heaven. And God put his own spirit on the inside of us. And his spirit, by his spirit, he molds our heart. He shapes our heart. He manifests his character and nature in us. We are being transformed into the nature and the character of the king. So we can be a true representation of him here on the earth. Mm. You know, because so long we had our attitudes and our ways of thinking and our ways of reacting and everything shaped by the culture of this world. And so when we receive that new heart and that new spirit, we have to begin to be transformed. We have to begin to grow and mature and be changed more into the image of God's son, who is the king of heaven. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We got to realize that uh, it's to our benefit to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the more we allow him to transform us and to transform our lifestyle, the more we're going to experience heaven on earth. See, because our, our, our biggest enemy is not the devil. <laughs> our greatest enemy is not the devil. In fact, how could he be? He's a defeated foe. He's defeated. Jesus disarmed and defeated the devil by his work on the cross through his death burial and his resurrection was victory. And when he was raised, he had the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He, he has the victory. The devil's defeated. Amen. Your greatest enemy is not the devil. Your greatest enemy is your flesh. <laughs> our greatest enemy, our greatest hindrance to experience in the kingdom of heaven is our own flesh. 
And so the very first territory that we begin to exercise dominion over is our flesh. And to the degree that we gain uh, the ability to reign and rule over our flesh is to the degree that we will experience the kingdom of heaven in our lives. Oh, my goodness. Man, it took me years to be able to say that. Galatians 5.16 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I talked about this last week. Uh, verse 17 says, for the lust or the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So the key to walking in the culture of heaven is to learn to walk in the spirit. See, a lot of believers have a religious mindset and the bulk of their Christianity is fighting their flesh. Okay? This says if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because you can fight your flesh and never walk in the spirit. (laughs) Let me give you an example. That's west. That's east. If I walk east then I'm walking away from the West. You see what I'm saying? If I walk in the Spirit, then I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because they're opposite. He just said that. The flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and the two are opposite. So if you pursue walking in the Spirit, then you're by default going to leave the flesh behind. That's what you do is by learning to walk in the Spirit, you are crucifying the flesh. That's right. <laughs> if you begin to feed the spirit, then you starve the flesh. Amen. Okay? So we got to learn to walk in the spirit because you don't have the ability to overcome your flesh within yourself. But you do have the spirit. And if you'll walk in the spirit, the spirit will overcome the flesh. Amen. Okay? So... I talked about the next few verses last week. I'm trying not to get bogged down in these, but I am. And he talks about um, all of the different works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, um, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I told you this last week. I used to read that, and every time I did, I read it as those who practice these things will not go to heaven. And that's not what he's saying. Now, we can talk about that, <laughs> but let me just say this. For as far as if you read this contextually, what you're going to find out, he's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about experiencing heaven, the kingdom of heaven on earth. What he's saying is you can't live in two kingdoms at the same time. And the problem is believers are trying to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of heaven. And the two are opposites and you can't live in both at the same time. 
Paul said this in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at these, this list of things that I just read off, there's not a lot of peace in outbursts of wrath and dissensions and envies and murders. And see what I'm saying? If you live, if your life, if you have that kind of stuff going in, on in your life, You're despair. You're like, man, my life is just chaos. Well, that's not the kingdom of heaven. The reason why is because your flesh is ruling, your flesh is reigning, and your flesh is manifesting the culture of the world. And you're not going to experience the culture of heaven and the culture of the world at the same time. (laughs) Man, I tell you what. So you want to know what the culture of heaven is like? Look at the next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Man, that is powerful. See, if we are walking uh, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, these things that I just read off, they'll begin to be the characteristics of your nature and your lifestyle. Just think, if your home, if, 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 if somebody asked you, describe your house to me, your home, your, your home, and you said, well, it's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, I'd say, man, you're experiencing the kingdom of heaven on earth. But, you know, in the world, those are not the characteristics of the culture of the world. And most of us have been affected by the culture of the world greatly. You know what I'm saying? There is no law against these things. No one would ever persecute you for acting in love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, (laughs) self-control. That's what he's saying. Nobody's ever going to be upset about you manifesting these things. And these things are are legal in heaven. (laughs) This is the culture of heaven. And as you begin to manifest these things, it changes the atmosphere of your home. Oh, man. It'll change the atmosphere of our churches. See, this is the nature of the king being manifested in our lives. And when we're all manifesting that, we're going to create an atmosphere. Our relationships are going to function differently because we're operating in the nature and the character of Jesus. That's the thing. It's the nature and the character of Christ manifested in us. You know what that means? When somebody does you wrong... You're not going to react the way you used to. You're going to respond in the character of Christ. You see what I'm saying? Because most of us react out of our emotions rather than responding out of wisdom in the character of Jesus when things happen, you know. And that's because we haven't uh, allowed the work of the Spirit. And here's the thing. The fruit has to be developed You know, fruit has to be uh, developed, and we have it on the inside. 
But there's a process to developing fruit on the outside to where it begins to be beneficial to the people that are around us. That's what fruit is. You know, a tree doesn't grow fruit for itself. It grows fruit for those who are passing by to taste and see that the fruit is good. You know? And so... um, I'm not going to read these, but I'm going to mention them in Romans chapter 12. You know, it says, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's that mean? Renew, allow the Holy Spirit to transform your actions, your behavior, until it comes into harmony with who you are in your new nature, with the nature and the character of Christ, the kingdom of heaven that's on the inside of you. He says, be transformed. And you know what the word transformed is the word metamorpho in the, in the Greek, and it's where we get metamorphosis. It's the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. Did you know that the butterfly was on the inside of the caterpillar all along? He just had to go into a God-ordained process in order for what's, what was within him to be manifested on the outside. Now, that's a perfect illustration of the life of the believer. You have on the inside of you the very spirit of God. That means you have the kingdom of God on the inside of you. That means you have the character and the nature of the king on the inside of you. And in through a God-ordained process, which is the renewing of our mind, we can begin to see manifest the very nature and the character of Christ in our life. And when we're manifesting the nature and the character of Christ, it changes the atmosphere of our homes. It changes the atmosphere of our workplaces. It changes the atmosphere of our church. It can change the atmosphere wherever you are if you show up like that. Okay? So he says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what, what it is, is really waking up to who you are. It's waking up to the reality of who you are in Christ. You know, I, I think about 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You know, a lot of people will tell you, put your name in there where it says love, you know, because it says love is patient, love is kind. So I'd be saying, Kevin is patient, Kevin is kind. Why do they tell you to do that? Why? Because you're identifying with the characteristics of love. Why are they doing that? So you will begin to believe that that's who you are because who you believe you are is who you'll manifest on the outside. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You you live out your life exactly the way you believe yourself to be. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That's awesome. So he says that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There it is, process. Fruit is developed by a process. Okay, so the reason people don't really get excited about what I'm like, what I'm talking about tonight is because it takes effort to go through a process. (laughs) 
But the fruit is the most important part. Because, you know, for the sake of time, I'm not going to turn there. But like in Romans 13, it says that love is the fulfillment of the law. Okay, so the nature and character of Christ manifested is the fulfillment of everything God desired to see and desires to see in his kingdom. But people don't get excited about developing stuff. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Present my body a what? A living sacrifice? (laughs) Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, these things require some sort of exercise of effort on our behalf. People don't get excited about that. They get excited about the other occurrence of the Holy Spirit. See, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's necessary. We're talking about um, the, the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit is to bring about unity. In your relationships. See, most people's problems that they have in their life have to do with their relationships. The reason their homes aren't what they want them to be is it's relationship problems. And we could sit down and talk about you and say, well, he does this and he does this or she does this and she don't do this. And, you know, we could go through all that. The whole per- the whole thing that it all boils down to is if you were manifesting the fruit of the spirit, then that would take care of all of those issues. Oh yeah. But see, people don't want that answer. (laughs) They said, well, if he would stop doing this and he would do this and everything would be okay. Well, no, the reason he don't do that, you know, it has to do with manifesting the nature and the character of the King. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, I got some things rolling around in my head, but I'm not brave enough to say them. (laughs) Because my wife's not here, but she will watch later online. (laughs) Uh, You know, because we always think if they would change, what about you? (laughs) This really isn't going the way that I planned it to. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because that's what most people think. Well, they pray and God change this woman, change this woman, make her different. No, what about you? What about you? Honestly, when I do premarital counseling, I talk to the men because G- that's what Jesus did. He said, uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and wives respect your... Man, I did not plan to talk about this. He says, wives respect your husbands as the church does Christ. But really, the guys, you know, the church is a responder to Christ's love. Oh, man. Church is a responder to Christ's love. I tell whenever I counsel with couples all the time, I say to husbands, man, if you'd love your wife as Christ loved the church, maybe you would see the response to that. (laughs) Man. How did I get myself painted in a corner like this? (laughs) It's true though, because all of those issues that we, that we are facing in our relationships with other people come down to the fact that we are not manifesting the nature and the character of Christ in our relationships. 
And if we did, it would change our relationships. That's exactly what the fruit of the Spirit's for. It's to create the nature and character of the kingdom in one of four spheres. I talked about this last week. Your family, on your job, in your church, and in your community. Those are the four spheres that God wants to manifest his kingdom in. But the key to it is the fruit of the Spirit. The key to it is the fruit of the Spirit. And love fulfills the law, and there's no law against these things. You know, like I said, everybody would rather, you know, talk about the other occurrence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I I tell you what, if we were having a conference, and we were going to have breakout sessions, and we had one called Developing the Fruit of the Spirit, and we had one called Operating in the Gifts of the Spirit... Everybody would be in the breakout session for operating in the gifts of the Spirit, but nobody would come to developing the fruit of the Spirit. Man, I am meddling now. And you know what? The fruit of the Spirit's more important. Developing the fruit of the Spirit is more important than operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. I don't even know if I have these on here or not, but I might. i tell you what, I got a lot of verses on here. Yeah, here it is. Listen to this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Do you know what? The fruit of the Spirit validates the gifts of the Spirit. Without the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit have no benefit. I pictured this way different than this. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's that's the thing is that that, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is about maturity. It's about growing up. Growing up into Christ. You know, and I'm just going to say this, too, because I see people put this on Facebook. But they say, you know, when you say, what would Jesus do? Remember, he did build a whip and drive the money changers out of the temple. But, uh, and he did, you know, confront the Pharisees and call them, you know, sons of the devil. But you can't use that to justify acting out of character with your brother or sister in Christ. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a whole different situation. Jesus was justified in doing those things. But you're not justified in building a whip to drive out your brother or sister of Christ <laughs> in the church. 
You know, Jesus tells us opposite. You know, he says uh, in Proverbs, this is a verse that I've lived by and I've watched the, war, the Lord work through this in my life. He said, if a man's ways please me, or if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's in Proverbs 16, I believe it is. See, but in the world, you know, and in our normal way of, if somebody does us wrong, we want to react in kind. But that's not kingdom culture. And then we wonder why nothing ever gets resolved. He said if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And I've seen situations in my life where people were, you know, doing some things I could have got really upset about. In fact, I remember a certain situation. Somebody had told me about something that had happened. Be careful listening to people too. Uh, but they were telling me about so-and-so said this or whatever, you know, and um, I was telling my wife about it and she goes, well, I'm just going to tell. I said, no, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm just telling you. She's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up for my husband, you know. I said, no, Jesus never defended himself. And we're going to let this verse, you know, if a man's ways please me, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. And over time, I saw the whole total reconciliation of that situation happen. But if we had gone to that person and said, hey, I heard that you said that that would have never resolved. And the Lord was able to bring great things out of that situation. See, I don't know why. Somebody must be needing to hear this tonight. Maybe you've been wondering, Lord, change this situation. Change. Maybe you need to change. <laughs> you know, maybe, just maybe, maybe not, but maybe. But see, the gifts of the Spirit are dependent upon the fruit of the Spirit to be validated. And in fact, the gifts of the Spirit are regulated by the fruit of the Spirit. They're meant to be. Because the gifts of the Spirit are for ministry. They're power. They're the exercise of power. And we need both to manifest the kingdom. We need both the character and the power. Okay? But people can take the gifts of the Spirit and use them when they're not mature. And they can use them for their own benefit. I'll just say that. Okay, so... Look at a few more verses. We'll close here. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In verse 18, he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. You say, well, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? What I'm saying is Paul's motive for exercising the gifts of the Spirit was for the benefit of others. And that was because he had the fruit of the Spirit, the character and the nature of Christ as his motivation. 
Okay, so he was not using these things as a way to be seen. That was the problem in Corinth, is these people had the gift. See, you receive a gift. When you get born again, you receive the gifts that God has for you to operate in. But you have to develop the fruit. And that's the problem is people get an awareness of the gifts and then they run out. And they don't have the maturity level for the fruit of the spirit, the character of Christ to regulate the operation of the gifts. And that was happening in Corinth. People were wanting people to be, to see them and what they were able to do rather than being motivated by the love of Christ and using the gifts for the benefit of others. See in verse uh, 26, he says, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. See, what he's saying is any of those manifestations that you operate in, it's always got to be motivated by you wanting to edify and build up somebody else. And I don't know why I was led to talk about this, uh, but, you know, everybody wants to be used by God. But you can actually take that and, and it can be used if you're not mature, if you're not operating in the right motive. You get what I'm talking about? And that's why there was problems in Corinth Because they had the gifts, they just didn't have the fruit to go with it. They didn't have the maturity level. I remember a pastor talking about the gifts of the Spirit one time. He said, these are God's power tools. And when you're a kid, your father doesn't let you play with his power tools. You don't have the maturity level to be handling them yet. (laughs) You might hurt yourself or somebody else. That's, that's That's a good example of it. You know, God gave us the gifts He gave us his power to be used, but it's not for our benefit, it's for the benefit of others. It's for the edification of everyone else. And so this was my last night's teach on this, so I wanted to make sure that you understood that it's both the fruit of the Spirit to manifest the kingdom of heaven. We need both. We need the gifts of the Spirit in operation, but we need the fruit of the Spirit developed in our lives so that our motives are right, so that we are operating from love, joy, and peace, and all of those things. We're operating in the character of Christ so that we are doing it from a pure heart for the benefit and the edification of the other people. You know, and so that we're able to defer to one another. We're able to serve one another. We're able to come together in unity so that Christ is magnified. Even the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, doesn't uh, glorify himself, but he glorifies Jesus. Oh, you know, when you think about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, those three... Are a perfect picture of unity. There's no, there's no disunity in those three. They are working in perfect unity, in interdependence, 
Each one depended on the other to do their part. And that's where we got to get as the body of Christ. That's where we got to get in our homes. In fact, that's the first place you start. <clears throat> you can't manifest something publicly that you're not manifesting privately. And so I just wanted to leave you with that. Is we need to, first of all, our desire needs to be to manifest heaven in our homes. And that starts with each one of us developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives to where the atmosphere of our home begins to match the atmosphere of heaven. And then we can bring that into our church. (laughs) Then we can take that to our job. Then we can manifest that in our community because God's desire is his influence begin to expand and expand out and expand out to where we're not only affecting, you know, people who are close to us, but we're branching out into our communities and we're taking an experience to people to where they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Father, we just give you praise tonight. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, Father God, first of all, to recognize that the fruit of the Spirit is your character. You are love. You are joy and peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control, Father God. That is a manifestation of your nature and your character, Father God. And we want to be like you. (laughs) You're our dad. You're our father, and we look up to you, and we want to be like you. That's why Ephesians says, be imitators of God as beloved children. And we just thank you, Father God. We recognize how good you are, and we allow your goodness to cause us to to lead us to repentance, to change our mind and make us want to be more like you, Father God, so that we can... uh, Submit to Jesus, our King, and we can allow his kingdom to be manifest in our lives. Father, we give you praise for it. We thank you for it, Father God, in Jesus' name. Make us more like Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we recognize your ministry in our lives. We value your ministry in our lives, and we ask you to mold our hearts, renew our minds, and change our lives for the glory of God. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you want to manifest your kingdom in those who are struggling right now, those who are hurting, those who are experiencing circumstances in their lives that they don't know how to overcome. So we want to see the power of God manifested toward them. Tonight, If you're suffering or struggling with sickness, disease, some kind of disorder, addiction, anxiety, depression, some kind of fear or something like that, if you're struggling with any of those things, I just want to encourage you that the ministers are going to be up here tonight. Jesus said this. He said, if any two of you on earth would agree as touching anything, It shall be done for you. And so the ministers are going to be up here. And that's the purpose. Is that if you're facing something and you're believing for something, come up 
and allow one of these ministers to agree with you. And whatever two of you on earth agree on is touching anything in your life, Jesus said, it shall be done for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So our ministers are going to come. I just want to dismiss you tonight. God bless you. Be here Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Going to be an awesome service. God bless you. We'll see you. Man.